Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it Friday. We made it mercifully to Friday. It is the 4th of March, 2022. It's a Friday. That's right. Friday, that's all that really matters. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Appreciate you uh, spending some time with me, some of you doing it at the gym. I don't know how my voice motivates you to go to the gym, but good on you if it does. As long as you motivate you to do something. Even if it's just think or sleep, I'm cool with that. You can email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com. Don't forget, tonight at midnight, the Week in and Review will be up live at patreon.com slash Podcast. Go check it out. Sign up there. And there are some new pictures of my kids up there. It was too nice the other day. Couldn't sit in the house. Had to go to the playground. So go check those out. And don't forget to enter the contest to win the signed books, either by Corey Lewandowski and Dave Bossy, one book signed by both, or by uh, Dr. Ben Carson and Candy Carson, signed by both. It's a twofer this week. So, uh, yeah, which whoever wins is going to get two autographs in a book. I didn't even think of that. So, cool. Go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. Sign up for that. All right. Let's, uh, let's start the program, shall we? We can get our weekend started. Lots of things going on. There's a bunch of stuff happening in the world. And you sit there and you think, it's a serious time in the world. And it is a serious time in the world. you got Russia saber-rattling about nuclear war. The, the, the next world war would necessarily be a nuclear war. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, what the hell is going on in this world? Do these people have a death wish? Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they're convinced themselves that they can survive a nuclear war. Whatever... Their problem is, it's our problem too. And then you've got the unserious side of it. And sadly, the unserious side is all on our side of the ledger. It's all on, the, uh, the seriousness is spread out evenly, like a perfectly made peanut butter sandwich. Just spread out. I personally prefer peanut butter and butter over peanut butter and jelly. The jelly is nice. It's just I'm not super into the sweets. Butter gives it a nice cutting flavor. Try it sometime. Not a lot. Doesn't take a lot of butter. Just a little bit of butter. But you spread that peanut butter out smoothly. That is the trouble part. The unserious part is us. Is us completely. We have an incredibly... I mean, yeah, we're all in this together, they say. We're all rowing the same. No, there's some people I don't think are pulling their oars. There's some people, you know, diversity makes the world go round. Yeah, but sometimes some people putting their finger on the record and slowing it down to screw up everything. As evidenced by our military. We're the strongest fighting force in the world. My God. We were. Are we now? I don't know. The Washington Free Beacon has this story. As Russia wages war, U.S. Army trains officers on gender identity. Yeah. 
While Russia wages a full-scale invasion of Ukraine, the U.S. Army is putting its soldiers through training on gender pronouns and coaching officers on when to offer soldiers gender transition surgery, according to official military presentation on the subject obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. Now, what in the hell does a commanding officer have to do with authorizing transition surgery? Whether you think the military should be in the transition surgery business at all, I don't think they should be. You deal with your problems before you join the military. But even if you you do that, the concept of your commanding officer having say over a, a medical procedure is insane. The mandatory presentation. Now, don't you love how it's mandatory? Yes, liberals will make mandatory everything they can't ban. They want to ban the mandatory presentation, quote, policy on the military service of transgender persons and persons with gender dysphoria, end quote, was given to officers earlier uh, this month, along with instructions for them to train their subordinates on the material. Portions of the presentation were provided by the free to the Free Beacon by a whistleblower who was ordered to undergo the training as a high-ranking officer in Army Special Forces. This is what they're focusing on, ladies and gentlemen. This is what they're focusing on. Imagine this. Vladimir Putin is over there on the phone with Xi Jinping. Can they get a word out in between the hysterical laughter? I don't think they can. An Army spokesman confirmed to the Free Beacon that the slides in question are part of a mandatory training course and come from an official program, quote, used to train Army personnel on the recent changes to the Department of Defense and Army Transgender Service Policy, end quote. All Army personnel, from soldiers to commanders and supervisors, are required to participate in the training by September 30th, 2022, according to the spokesman. Now, isn't that nice? We've got a war going on. Hopefully it won't, but it could easily. You could see how Russia's being aggressive could easily spill over into other countries, into actual NATO countries, and obligate the United States to act. And we are going to have a military that will absolutely positively be ready to... Uh, I don't know, adhere to whatever pronoun demands any one of these lunatics have at any given time. The transgender presentation follows a June 2021 announcement by the Army altering its policies so that transgender soldiers can openly serve. The shift in policy is part of a larger push by the Biden administration to make the military more welcoming to transgender people. The I think... Look, if you want to serve, I don't care. You know, just serve. But if you'll only serve under condition that people are sitting there and using your correct pronouns and recognize that you're gender fluid and at any moment you can be one thing or the other or anything and all things and nothing at the same time, then maybe, just maybe, I don't want you to serve. Maybe we could do without you. I think we could probably do quite well without you. Just saying. <laughs> Those efforts have uh, prompted pushback from Republicans in Congress and some in the military, and everybody else is scared to death, who view the policy changes as an effort to promote woke propaganda within the service, as Russia's invasion of Ukraine threatens to spark a larger conflict. Military experts and insiders say they are concerned America's fighting force is prioritizing woke culture 
over the protecting of American people. Let's see, here's one of the slides. Transgender service policy. U.S. Army right there. It says U.S. Army. The Army allows transgender soldiers to serve openly. The Army is open to all who can meet the standards for military service and remain committed to treating all soldiers with dignity and respect while ensuring good order and discipline. Hmm. Okay, I'm not really sure about that one, but okay. All soldiers must maintain Army standards, good order, and discipline at all times. Mm -hmm. Transgender soldiers are subjected to the same standards as any soldier with the same gender marker. Now, I'm not really sure. It says men physically are stronger than women. I know. I know it's controversial to say, but it doesn't matter. It's true. Truth is sometimes controversial. Women have lower physical training standards than men do. They just do. They just do. Because men can do more push-ups. Men can do more sit-ups. Not every man. There are plenty of women who can do more more push-ups or sit-ups than a lot of men. That's not the question we're talking about on average. So which one of these standards do the men who say they're women have to meet? We don't have women in combat. Is this a way for somebody to get the GI Bill but avoid combat if they say, well, I'm, I want to serve, but I'm a woman, so no combat for me. But uh, yeah, there you go. And, and lower physical standards for me, I would get drummed out of the military for my lack of physical ability. Were I to come in as a man, but as a woman, I can meet those standards. And boy, howdy, I want you guys to pay for my not only transition surgery, but my gender studies courses. And obviously, this could be a problem, but it's a problem of such insignificance that it would barely register. I'm just illustrating the point with absurdity because nothing abs illustrates absurdity like more absurdity. But this is what our military is focusing on. Is it the only priority? No. But that it is a priority tells you everything you kind of need to know, isn't it? And of course... What one leftist does, all leftists do. The left is a hive mind. These things do not occur in a vacuum. CBS News. Headline. A war within a war, colon. Transgender woman says transphobia and discriminatory laws keeping her hostage in Kiev during Russian invasion. Really? That's thousands of people are being slaughtered indiscriminate bombing by Russia, probable war crimes, and CBS News goes, but we need the transgender perspective. How many transgender people are there in Ukraine? What, 15? Got to find them. That's what's important. Not what's going on there now, but what's going on there now and how it impacts the transgender community. Would CBS News not cover the story were it not for you know five transgender people? Z, spelled Z-I, Z familiu, the hell knows, was born and raised in Crimea, an area of Ukraine that was invaded and taken over by Russia in 2014. Now the 31-year-old lives in Kiev, the capital city that has been under Russian siege for nearly a week. She is running out of food and hasn't left her house for days as gunfire erupts outside, and she says she can't leave. Femelu 
who is transgender, said that transphobia is pervasive in the city and neighboring county countries, I guess, you know, you know counties, and fears that if she leaves, the tension of the ongoing conflict will make her more susceptible to violence. Femalu was previously a popular contestant on the Ukrainian singing competition show Star Factory. So, wait a second. If this person was a popular contestant on Star Factory, how transphobic could the country be? Right? <laughs> they only liked her because they wanted to hate her. Is that what they're saying? No. If you're that look, there's nothing wrong with being afraid to go outside if you're there's a war going on. But to ascribe it to this, how the hell? What do you? <clears throat> I would suspect. Well, I don't know. How does this person come in contact with CBS News? How does this person come in contact with CBS News? Are they reaching out to CBS News, going, "Help me! I'm scared. Uh, transphobia is and war is keeping." Because which one is it? Clearly, you walked the streets of Kiev before because you weren't a shut-in before Russia invaded. So it can't be that the streets of Kiev are so transphobic that you run risk of having holy hell beaten out of you simply by leaving your apartment, right? Because otherwise, why would you move to Kiev? Why would you? Do? You know what? I want to move to the... I'm transgender and I want to move to the heart of uh, transphobia. That, that makes no sense to anybody. So there's something else at play here, I would say. Quote, this is uh, the trans person. Sometimes we think it's just a, all a dream that we're stuck inside some kind of a video game because you just live in a quiet society and then you hear bombing and you wake up to the sounds of bombings. A few hours ago, I heard bombings and my windows were shaking. I'm literally scared for my life. What is this we? Who are you? And leave. Get out. Um, nobody would blame you. Get the hell out. For days, Femalu said she had to keep the lights off in her apartment and keep the windows closed. She lives alone. Her friends have all left the city. And she said it seems like she may be one of the only people left in her building at all. She lives near a building in Kiev that has been hit by a missile. She fears what could await her outside. What do you mean what it could wait your You could be blown up in your apartment. If everybody you might I posit something <clears throat> Im, Im, impolite, maybe even. If everybody you know has already fled the country and they didn't take you with them, maybe they asked and you said no, I don't know. But if they didn't take you with them, I'm not sure they're really your friends. If they had the means by which to get out of the country and they didn't think to call you, you're not super close friends. Just saying. And maybe the problem is you. Again, wild speculation. But if you just look at this story, the narrative, the narrative is too damn good to pass. The narrative, oh, transphobia in Ukraine in a time of war, stuck between the transphobic Russians and the transphobic Ukrainians. That's too good to bother to look apparently at any of this stuff, any of this story whatsoever with any kind of skepticism. I look at this and I look at everything with skepticism. I look at all of this with skepticism. If this person is such a wonderful, why, why are they still there? Why didn't they leave ahead of time? When their friends were running out, why didn't they go with them? 
all kinds of questions. The only person living in a building, in a uh, presumably a relatively high-rise building, that seems like a primo target even for an accidental missile strike. Get the hell out of there. Leave. No. So I hear this and I go, I have questions. I have questions. And Famalu doesn't know what to do, they say, even though she doesn't face violence in her way, uh, on her way to the, even if she doesn't face violence on her way to the border, she has no idea whether she will even be allowed to leave the country. There's no way the Ukrainian border people can let me through. There's no way. End quote. If she makes it to the border of a neighboring country offering refuse, she's not even sure if they'll let her in as her passport identification does not match her gender. The LGBTQ community has become more visible and accepted over the years, but for transgender people, it's more complicated. No, there's a freaking war going on right now, okay? Your mental health and administrative issues are going to have to take a back seat here, okay? I'm sorry. Where's the Office of Diversity? I need to go get my passport gender changed. I recognize that, you know, everybody who works there has taken up arms against the Russian invaders, but I'm special. Come pay attention to me. Change my gender on my passport. I'm pretty sure you could make your case at the border if you left your apartment, but it seems to me like you enjoy being a drama queen a little bit more than anything else. We all know people like that, don't we? I don't know. What if this and I can't possibly, you don't know. All right, shut up. These are the people you kind of want to smack across the face and say, just shut the hell up. All right. You never know unless you try. And you're never going to, I don't know. Do you really want to try or do you just want the attention and the drama involved in pretending to try? I don't know what the answer is. And honestly, I don't care. There are bigger fish to fry and much more important things going on in Ukraine than whether or not this trans dude or woman or whatever the hell uh, can get out or go to the grocery store. Sooner or later, you're going to have to leave your apartment. I'm betting that it would be much better for you, even though somebody might say something mean to you. It's always a possibility. Uh, I would bet that it'd be much better for you if that were sooner rather than later. I don't know. This story doesn't make any sense, but it sure is something that absolutely liberals lap up like gravy with the last biscuit on Thanksgiving. I'm just looking at this CBS news report and you have to sit there and you go what in the hell they go through the history of transgender things and get a comment from him there's a war going on ukraine is invaded and you got uh this if she makes it to the border of a neighboring country blah 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 this is quote this is not a very rainbow friendly place (laughs) lives for transgender people are very bleak here If, if then why are you there leave why did why did you stay If you have a male gender in your passport, they will not let you go abroad. They will not let you through. Okay. You can at least be near the border where you're not in Kiev, which is actually being actively bombed. You could try. There's nothing I find more annoying than defeatism. than people who can't make a decision. I hate fecklessness. This is part of the reason I, I mean, aside from the policy differences, why I, I can't stand so many liberals is they just 
they don't want to take us own it own your decisions make a damn decision what do you want for dinner i don't know what do you feel like for dinner well how about chinese food i'm not in the mood for chinese food well then why didn't you say something what do you, you have an opinion just say it make a decision even if it's a bad decision make a decision and stick with it it's not that hard but the sitting around this is one of the things that drives me nuts about old movies this will this will earn me my feminist card when I watch a movie where like women are pan especially like horror movies, but even just general movies where women are panicky and they don't know what to do and they're all shucksing their way through it and everything it's like shut up. God, it's so annoying. Make a decision. Do your business or get off the pot. Can't stand it. And you're sitting there, this is a terrible place. They won't let you do this. They won't let you How do you know? How do you know? Yeah, there's pictures involved in this uh, story and video involved in this story. Dude looks like a lady, all right? Aerosmith. I think you could probably make a pretty good case at the border. Now, will the border person be woke and say, oh, well, then, of course, you can go right through? Or will they say, sorry, dude, you're not getting out. Go grab a gun. You don't know. You'll never know until you try. And now that you have the power of the U.S. media behind you and the Ukrainian government so desperately needs the U.S. behind them, pressure could be brought to bear. You could get out. You could get into Poland. I would suspect pretty easily because CBS will follow you right to the border. Instead, you're just going, oh, it's not a friendly place for rainbows and we can't go. I'm too scared to go. All right, well, then that's on you. All right, there comes a certain point when it's on you. You decide. Yesterday, I had to go pick up the... Uh, the car, my wife's car from uh, the shop, right? It was close. It was like a, only a half a mile away from the house. And uh, the oldest daughter was sitting there, and I said, do you want to go for a walk? Oh, yeah, 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 I want to go for a walk. He said, well, let's go get ready. And then she's like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure I want to go. I don't want this, that, and the other thing. And and it's, what, what do you, do you want to come or no? No, she doesn't. Like, she would have come. If I'd have put her shoes on her, if I'd have just said, come on, we'll have fun or whatever, she would have come. She would have had fun. She would have done this, that, and the other thing. Instead, I just said, all right, you said no, I'm going. I don't have time to play these reindeer games. I don't have time to sit here and play with this. This is how everybody should be treated. It shouldn't just be adults treating children this way. Although, treat children this way because then it will make children go, uh, okay, I better make sure that whatever decision I make and announce to the world is the decision I want to make and announce to the world because that's the decision to which I am going to be held. Adults the same way. You should have learned this in your childhood, but you didn't. Of course, then adults should not have written garbage like this. CBS story, back to that. For years, transgender people in Ukraine who wanted to be legally recognized had a long list of steps they had to go through to do so. So what? That makes sense. Here in the United States, you have no steps at all. You wake up in the morning and you go, good morning, world. Today, I'm a woman. All right. At least until lunch. And then after lunch, we'll see. And we're supposed to go, well, that's perfectly normal. That's accurate. That's how it is. That's how things are. No, 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 no. That's insane. That is the insane part. The uh, rest of the world or Ukraine going, you know what? You're going to have to convince us. You're going to have to live this way for a while. You're going to have to conv- You got to make a case. We're not just going to go, all right, poof, magic. Harry Potter came by and now your Audi is an innie. 
God, it's so ridiculous. According to Human Rights Watch, the government mandated that transgender people undergo extensive psychiatric observation and under gender reassignment surgery to get legal documents that aligned with their gender. The horror. The horror. The government mandated that people live the way they say they are and then get taken care of the way they say they feel. Sounds like that's more compassionate than anything else, doesn't it? Uh, Maybe, maybe not. I just ultimately, I can't sit here and get worked up about this garbage. Legislation was introduced in 2017 to lessen the process, but still would require that transgender Ukrainians undergo outpatient psychiatric examinations. (laughs) Okay, good. You want me to pretend reality is something it is not. You're going to have to bring a little bit more to the table than you kind of feel a weird way. Because I guarantee you, I promise you, as if you're a man, you have no idea what a woman feels like, or it feels like to be a woman. You might know what a woman feels like, and it might not be for you. Probably isn't. But you don't know what it like. it's like to feel like a woman, and vice versa. You have no idea what it's like to feel like somebody else, anybody else. And now there are idiots out there because once you embrace mental disorders rather than treat the mental disorder, once you embrace mental disorders, you've got people out there, I identify as a wolf, I identify as a dog, I ad- and they live this way part of the time. Why? Because they're desperate for attention. Their parents didn't love them enough or they beat them too much or not enough or whatever it is. It's insane. If people want to live their lives this way, go ahead. I welcome it. I'd much rather have you identify yourself as absolutely unhinged, lunatic, crazy before I waste time trying to get to know you. Then I can just, you know, move on to the next person who probably isn't a narcissistic lunatic who's trying to get revenge on their parents for whatever slight they had when they were seven years old. But CBS News, nope, gotta gotta have this whole story. Still not really sure what's going to happen to this person in Kiev. They're probably going to sit there in their apartment and starve to death. <laughs> For now, this is how it ends. For now, Femelu is focused on being optimistic that she will find a way to get out safely and that Ukraine will succeed in defeating Russia against. You know, you're not gonna. You could maybe help. Try to help or try to get out. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure they won't bomb my building. You're trying to be optimistic, but you're scared to death. Which is it? It can't be both. It can't be both. She'll find a way to get out safely. The first step to getting out safely is to take the first step toward getting out. <laughs> All right? You're just gonna, what are you, waiting for the uh, the military to dispatch a helicopter just for you? that they wasted like 1,500 words on this and put together a video package lets you know how ingrained progressivism is in our media and how, quite frankly, in the grand scheme of things as a species, yes, this is a bad situation, but we're really so used to being out of real problems that even in a time of war, people burn calories on this crap can't care about the one transgender guy stuck in Kiev. All the people who are, uh, you know, going out into the streets 
fighting back. Those are the people I'll care more about. You want to get out of Ukraine? Try to get out of Ukraine. I couldn't like there's I'm sure you can't maybe get across a border crossing. You should try. But if you can't get across, I'm sure there's a way to get out of there. For God's sakes, you know, it's you're not a hero. You're not a victim either. You just are. You're a victim of your own belief system. You're a victim of your own narcissism. So in that sense, I suppose you are a victim. I just can't bring myself to give a damn about you. I just can't. <sighs> Sitting there watching these people, these narcissists, these these leftists, how they work, how their mind works, if you can call it that, it, uh, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But these people are heroes, just ask them. And you're sitting there and you're going, how is, can the left get any worse? Yes. Yes, they can. Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky, you know, if you've ever read, a, a, you're probably forced to read Dostoevsky at some point. Russian dissident spent a lot of time in uh, a gulag. Milan. The University of Milan, Italy. This is, again, stupid. Leftists are stupid no matter where they are. They're, they moved to ban Dostoevsky's books. <laughs> like, what? Well, because he's Russian. How is that even possible? How do you get to that point in life? You've got people in this country, government-run liquor boards and things like that. Now, the, the, by the way, the University of Milan is backtracking on the, the Dostoevsky thing once people pointed out that they're stupid. But you got people in this country saying we need, we're stopping selling. And you see, they, they, they virtue signal, they post videos on social media of them pulling the Russian vodka from their shelves. And people are smashing Russian vodka bottles. And people are pouring out Russian vodka bottles. And I would just point out, it's the same thing when some athlete does something that is horrible. And all the fans go, or some team does something that's annoying. And the fans go, that's it. I'm burning my jersey. I'm burning my jersey. Or Nike does something. I'm burning my Nikes. Nike doesn't care. They've already got your money. It's not like money from their bank account disappears because you set on fire your Air Jordans. It's not how it works. Vladimir Putin, Russia, no one in Russia is going, oh, no, they're pouring out Russian vodka that they've already paid for. It's already here. That The money's not coming back. All right. Don't order any more if you're the liquor store, but sell what you've got. Drink what you've got. Not all at once. You're not a Kennedy. But drink what you've got. Whatever it is. That money's already been spent. If that player or that team, you hate them now, don't burn the jersey. Because sooner or later, you're probably not going to hate them. I'd say hold on to your jersey for a little while. Give it a couple of months, see if you still hate them. At which point, if you do and you really want to burn it, you can. But if you really want to take a strike at the company, the country, the whatever. You don't destroy what you've already paid them for. That's your property. If you got a jersey of a team that you hate now because the owner did something or some player did something, donate it. Donate it to Goodwill. Donate it to the Salvation Army. What does that do? Well, if somebody who's, you know, 
interested in buying a jersey, but not maybe interested in spending $100 on a jersey, is in the Salvation Army, and they see, whoo, I can get this one for 20 bucks. Guess what? They're going to buy that one for 20 bucks. The team or the person will not get a cut of that secondhand sale, but they also won't get a cut of the firsthand sale that you're now preventing by giving that person a jersey at a discount price. Just saying. Think these things through. It's virtue signaling. It does really does you no good, but it makes you feel good or think that you're doing something if you destroy whatever you're not. You're not just doing anything. There's just nothing, period, end of story. So don't do Just be smart. I don't care if you protest or whatever. Just do it smartly. People pouring out Russian vodka. Vodka is delicious and perhaps the perfect drink. Don't pour it out. It lasts forever, too. So just send it to me. I'll take it. Speaking of transgender and transitions, we are in a situation where we are in desperate need of energy, right? And we have, sadly, a bunch of idiots in charge of our country right now. And so rather than dig, I mean, this country, large swaths of this country are seemingly floating on oil, just floating on oil. And we're leaving it sit there in the ground. What's funny is uh, I always thought as a kid, once sooner or later, the Middle East, like, just collapse, like cave in like a giant sinkhole. If you keep taking all the oil out of there, I think the oil's kind of holding up some of the dirt at some point, right? Well, apparently not, or whatever. They backfill it or whatever they do. I, uh, there are parts of this country that are floating as well, and we could get that oil. We could get that oil. We could undercut Vladimir Putin. Would it be immediate? No, and this is the same argument. It is amazing to me that the only thing that changes is fashion. Everything else remains the same. Leftist arguments are leftist arguments all the time. And they're just as bad as they were the last time they made them. The last time they made an argument against oil exploration, it was related to Anwar and drilling in the Arctic National Wildlife Reserve. What did they say? Well, I know this was back in the 90s. I know you want to open up Anwar to drilling because you think it will impact oil prices, but it won't have an impact on oil prices for 10 years. So therefore, there's no point in doing anything now. That's how politicians think. Well, if there's no immediate gratification for it, that's why so many of them have affairs. If there's no immediate gratification for it, what's the point in doing it? Of course, we've all lived those 10 years, and then 10 years again, and 10 years again, after that, all the while saying, huh, if we had done the drilling then, when we should have, when we first proposed it, we would be knee deep in that oil right now, would we not? Then Vladimir Putin would not be as nearly as big an SOB, and certainly not as important as he is right now. We could have headed this problem off at the pass with just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yes, foresight, some planning. Instead, we don't do that. Instead, Democrats said, no, 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 drag their feet, drag their feet. Republicans didn't put up that much of a fight. They could have fought more and more, but they didn't. And uh, you end up with a situation where finally President Trump says, enough of this crap. We're drilling in Anwar. And Joe Biden comes in and says, yeah, no, we're not. 
And we're not still not getting the oil we should be out of Alaska, making us more dependent on foreign oil. They say, well, if you open up more drilling in this country, they're saying this again today, if you open up more drilling in this country, it won't have an immediate impact on the price of gasoline. And if you reinstate the Keystone pipeline, it wasn't running yet, so it won't have any immediate impact. So what? Actually, it kind of will have a semi-immediate impact or a semi-quick impact because oil futures, oil commodities are based on future prices of things, and you can depress and, and lower the market in the future or now by actions you're going to do in the future. But that's beside the point. The point really is, at some point, we're going to have to, as a society, as a species, go to these morons who are in charge and toss them out, first of all. But secondly, we have to go to them and say, we need a plan. We need a long-term plan. It's kind of funny. Social Security and Medicare are on the verge of going bankrupt. Social Security and Medicare have been on the verge of going bankrupt, and we knew that these bankrupt dates were coming for a very long time, since before I came to Washington, D.C. in 2001. We knew, so well, Social Security is not going to be around by the time you retire. Get used to that idea. And they kept saying, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Well, Social Security could have been around by the time I retired. If they'd done something about it back then, now they're going to have to push back retiring quite a ways because that's the only way to really deal with that and or raise taxes. It'll probably be a little from column A, a little from column B. Medicare, same thing. going to cost more out of pocket and they're going to have to uh, charge more in premiums. You sit there and you go, well, this sucks. Well, yeah. It does suck. But this is what happens when you elect people who say there's a big problem up ahead or know there's a big problem up ahead, but they're not willing to do anything about it because it would cost them votes. It might be unpopular within senior citizens vote. The older you are, the more likely you are to vote. So if you have to, I mean, look, what we're doing with deficit spending, we're not screwing over senior citizens. Nobody who's 65 today is going to be screwed over, at least not for very long, by the massive government spending that we've been engaged in, by our multi, multi, multi tens of trillions of dollars in debt. They're not, they're, it's, I don't mean it mean, but it might sound mean. They're not going to be around long enough for it to matter. When the piper comes time to get paid, they, they will own their homes if they're still alive then, more than likely. So they'll be fine for the most part. They'll have to pay more for staples, but they'll also get a cost of living adjustment in their Social Security based on inflation. Watch for those stories when they come around going, oh, senior citizens on Social Security are getting a big raise. Yeah, they're not. They're getting, <laughs> they're keeping up with inflation. That's what they're doing. It's not a raise. Your life isn't better. You can't have, you don't have more buying power. It's just keeping you afloat. But all of this stuff is just being ignored because nobody wants to deal with the reality of the of our existence. That brings us to Jennifer Granholm, the Secretary of 
energy. She has no business being Secretary of Energy. She was the governor of Michigan. Now, I happened to escape Michigan just before she uh, became governor of Michigan, so I never lived under the Granholm regime. I will point out that she was such a bad governor. She was loved. I remember Chris Matthews lamenting one time on Hardball that uh, she was she was born in Canada, so she couldn't become president of the United States. He was rather upset about that. I, they, the left loves Jennifer Granholm. I don't. It might have to do with the fact that she was young at the time and moderately attractive. She's not either anymore. But she is a, a Democrat who is willing to go out on television and make a fool of herself and say anything. And everything. There's there's no shame in Jennifer Granholm. And you have to have that if you're going to be a member of Biden's cabinet. You can't have any shame. You can't sit there and go, I can't say this. This is absurd. You just go, yes, sir, I will absolutely do that. And so she was giving an interview yesterday about gas prices. Kind of a big deal right now. If you've filled up your tank any time recently, even the cheap gas that I was getting at 3.33 a gallon less than a week ago. Last night was 3.53, I think it was. It had gone up at least 20 cents. It's way more expensive everywhere else, so it's still the cheapest gas around. I was going to fill I didn't really have a need for it, but I was like, maybe I'll just top it off. But then somebody blocked the side of the tank that my tank is on and I'm like, ah, to hell with it. So I'll probably end up having to pay 10 more cents a gallon when I do go back there. But rather than go to American industry, which is rather innovative when allowed to be and say, you know what? Right now we have an emergency situation. Go hog wild, go crazy, get out there and uh, drill, drill, drill refine 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 let's do that and we'll export everything you can that we don't need we will go crazy you're going to get richer we're going to get richer as a country and vladimir putin's going to get poorer let's do this thing instead of doing that the secretary of energy's plan she has no background in energy by the way you want to put her in transportation that would make some semblance of sense because the deal transportation deals with the auto industry and she as governor of Michigan that would know something about that she, Michigan is not a particular energy generating state it's just stupid she's a woman she checked a box but listen to her this is her plan for energy not more drilling we have to transition faster problem well i'll tell you afterwards but the bottom line is that this president and this administration are looking at every single tool to shield american families from the impact of rising energy prices and we're working through we're working through an energy transition and we've got to start by adding energy and the reality is we have to take some time to get off of oil and gas we recognize this this is a transition got to transition we got to go green we got to do this we got to do that we got to do the other thing the problem is that uh green quote unquote isn't ready if it will ever be ready who knows give everybody here's how we'll solve the problem we'll give everybody in the united states an electric car uh, okay if you just pretend that you have the government has that power and there are enough electric cars and we're not dependent on china for that you'll give everybody in the united states an electric car guess what we become 
we all become California. Everybody's going to be charging their cars because you need to charge those cars. And that will put a massive, massive strain on the power grid in the United States of America. We do not produce enough electricity. You know why? Because we produce electricity by burning coal. <laughs> That's not green, quote unquote, to these leftists, not green enough. So you, then you'd have to, what, cover the western half of the United States, all the federal land out there with solar panels. Well, that's going to cost some money. They're expensive. It's also very polluting to make them. But that's beside the point. This is all about virtue signaling. This isn't about actually doing anything. Just like the batteries in electric cars are wildly damaging to the environment. Not only to make, but when you're done with them, they just destroy the ground you put them in. All of that. But that is, at best decades away we're not ready for that the technology isn't there the people who buy electric cars now are virtue signaling leftists and people who don't want to there there's a good case to be made for buying an electric vehicle if you got the money for a tesla and your commute is like you know not that far and you're willing to rent a car every time you want to take a road trip anywhere more than 300 miles away then buy one You'll save a lot of money on gas and the federal government, poor people who pay taxes, will end up subsidizing your purchase to the tune of $7,500. Congratulations. But don't fool yourself into thinking you're being environmental. You're saving yourself gas in the long run. Okay, if you're going to drop 50 grand on a Escalade and you decide to drop it on a Tesla, it's not going green. It's going, I don't want to pay for gas. Your car will be one of none others on the block, but probably a couple in your neighborhood that will have to be plugged in every night. There's plenty of electricity to be able to handle that, except in the aforementioned California, where they keep kneecapping themselves stupidly by kowtowing to the environmentalist nutjobs. But if every car in your neighborhood is a Tesla, you're not going anywhere, not at any time soon. doesn't matter what wattage uh, charger you have installed in your garage. You're not going anywhere for a while because your car simply will not have enough energy to do it. But Jennifer Granholm and the Biden administration's plan is eventually we need to get off of oil and gas. Okay, that's all well and good. Right now we're on oil and gas. What are you going to do about that? Her answer is nothing. Her answer is nothing. They're not going to do anything. They have no desire. They are so bowed down to the radical left that the solution staring them right in the face, drill more, staring them right in the face is rejected. Can't do that. We must come up with something else. So now they're saying we've got a plan that in 10 years, if we managed to force everybody to get rid of their cars and buy new cars and blah 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 change the way you heat your house and everything for example and how electricity is generated in this country and find a way that works because solar doesn't work sun doesn't always shine wind doesn't always work because the wind doesn't always blow we don't have the battery technology to store these things uh, on top of it in 10 years we'll all be off of oil and we'll have a solution to a problem that is immediate that's how bass Ackward's government is. We could have solved a problem years in advance by drilling in Anwar, for example. We wouldn't be here where we are. They said no. Now their solution is something that is years away 
Then we'll get to it. Then we'll fix it. Presumably, the war in Ukraine is not going to last 10 years. There will probably be another conflict, and I am an all-of-the-above type person. You go ahead and you put up your solar panels if you want. You go ahead, you put up your windmills if you want. But if your plan for my car is to give me a sale and tell me, may the winds always be at your back and uh, put the car in neutral, I kind of got a problem with that. I don't think you're very serious about the things you're talking about, especially when you... Jennifer Granholm had $5 million in stock options in what was it, an electric car company or an electric car battery company. Why did she get those stock options? No particular reason. She was a Democrat in good standing and companies just like foreign governments pay off Democrats in good standing for when or if they manage to find themselves back in power. That bet paid off for that company, cost them $5 million. They're going to get government contracts and publicity worth uh, 50 times that easily as the government forces Americans to use their products and then subsidizes the purchase of those products, which, by the way, if, as Jennifer Granholm gets richer, if those products were so wonderful, they wouldn't need subsidies and they wouldn't need mandates. If you found a car that actually ran on rainbows and you had a rainbow-making machine, all the free capital in the world would flow to that immediately that they need mandates and they need subsidies, let you know it's not ready, it may never be ready, but it lets you really know everything you need to know about this crap, this racket. How do you live with yourself if you're Jennifer Granholm? What we need is a, a long-term strategy. Our strategy for dealing with right now as you go to the pump and pay $50 to fill up your car is to do something that maybe in 10 years might pay off. At least with Anwar, there was no doubt that it was going to pay off. It was going to take a while. It was going to take 10 years, by the way, mostly because the left-wing environmentalist groups would have sued every step of the way, and those lawsuits would have taken time and slowed things down. It's not like they were given unfettered access to go ahead and drill, environmentally consciously, but drill, that they couldn't have started sucking oil out of the ground inside of six months. They could have easily done it. But the left never wanted it, and we don't get it, and now they're going to do what? They're going to screw us over at a time when we're told we must do something. We must now do this, that, and the other thing. We're, we're, we're paying for Russia. That's how perverted these people are. Since we're looking at uh, left-wing morons talking about the Ukraine and how to, oh, this is how to help us. All we got to do is send everybody a sail. We're going to send everybody roller skates and a uh, bottle rocket budget. And that will get us away from our dependence on foreign oil. So stupid. Uh, uh, I want to play you this clip from The View. Joy Behar. It's astonishing to me how people are so ignorant, especially people who make so much money, who make so much money talking about the news of the day. And you can see the, the level of complacency that comes along with you're, you're making $5 million a year and you, there are no consequences for being wrong. There are no con there's no shame. There's no nothing involved in, and just making yourself look like a jackass. You could say the dumbest things in the world and there's no consequence for it. Nothing. I guess, I guess Whoopi got a two week vacation, but it was a paid vacation and it probably didn't count against her vacation time.
Just ABC said, well, we got to do something. All right, let's just let her go to San Tropez for a couple of weeks, and then we'll, we'll say justice served or something. All right, yeah, that's, that's good. But there are no real consequences for being wrong, for being stupid, for being incredibly dumb, for being lazy. The same goes, and I'm not, this isn't a, a thing unique to the left or unique to vapid female-centric chat shows. Every cable network is exactly the same thing. You got these people who are on, sta- like yesterday, I forget what I was, I was watching one of the shows. I'm not going to name what show. But the first segment, the second segment, like three of the segments were the host talking to other people who were employed at the network. Like, really, that's not new. You, you've got all the resources of this massive company. There's a war going on. And you're not, I get it, you got to talk to the guy in Ukraine. That one doesn't count. I don't count on that. that. That's not it. But for opinion, you go to, the, how about you go to just somebody who served in the military, okay? That might be a good place to start. Instead, they're just so damn lazy because these networks know that whatever they put on, it doesn't matter what they put on. Their numbers are going to be their numbers. The only thing that changes the news channel ratings is the news. CNN is doing quite well right now, the last week, because they have bureaus around the world. They have more news resources, actual news resources, and they're pretty good at breaking news around the world. They have more news resources than any other network. NBC sort of kind of has bureau, but not nearly as many as they used to. And Fox doesn't even pretend. They've got, they have like one guy in Europe, one guy in the Middle East, and then they ship them around. Now they do have a bunch of people in Ukraine right now, uh, but that's a rarity because that's where the action actually is. They're all doing a, an odd amount of actual journalism now. But then they switch back to what they think the audience wants. And like, oh, well, they want to see this guy argue with that guy. And I don't know, maybe the audience does want it. Doesn't seem like anybody's offering an alternative. But it's pathetic. It's pathetic. And it's based on laziness. It's this day, so it must be this person. Let's just get them on there. And we'll let them handle it. Well, the same is the view There's there, with cable news. There's no, these people on cable news are wildly wrong more often than not because they know that their job, not that they're particularly stupid, although some of them are, it's they know that their job is to be incendiary. They know what their job is. It's to be incendiary. It's to get the audience's ire up one way or another, either against them or against their opponent. Get people watching and then go to social media and go, did you see so-and-so take on such-and-such? Ooh, boy, howdy. They really gave him what for. And whether or not it was right or not doesn't matter. It suddenly becomes a your mama contest, and whoever gives the best your mama insult wins. Facts, history, reality, uh, news a week from then, there's no consequence for being wildly wrong, for being stupid. There's consequences for being employed like you've got to go on there it doesn't matter if you know anything on the subject the view you've got to go on the view it doesn't matter if you're wildly ignorant about ukraine even where it is about nato its history and its reason for forming or anything like that you're on the view you got to talk about it now if you're if you or i were on the view first of all that would never happen but i think most people would recognize that if you're going on there 
And uh, the news of the day is something different other than, oh, here's the Oscar nominees or whatever. You might want to brush up a little bit on what you're talking about so as to avoid looking like an idiot. Now, you and I would want to do that just because we didn't wouldn't want to look like an idiot. Joy Behar probably felt that way when she started, but that was, what, 25 years ago or something like that. Now she's fall into that trap that all of cable news has fallen into, that everybody on TV has fallen into. It, is, it doesn't matter. Whatever I say, there are no consequences for what I say. I go out there and say something wildly stupid, historically inaccurate. And uh, th- it's not like I'm going to get my pay docked or my bosses are going to call me out on it. And sure as hell isn't going to be any of the other idiots on The View going, wait a second, Joy, you're wrong about that. So there's no reason to study up. Nobody on the panel, if one of those five women on The View studied up on a subject, well, all hell would break loose because one of them would have an unfair advantage over the other ones by simply having done their homework. It's like they entered into a gentlewoman's agreement to go, all right, nobody, nobody make anybody look bad. So just uh, don't follow the news. Take the one page briefing, double spaced, large font briefing paper that the producers give you and that work off of that and you'll be fine because that's about the level of knowledge these people seem to have. Now, what am I talking about? Joy Behar yesterday talking about Ukraine. Listen to this. Uh, It's all wildly ignorant. But in the middle of it, she says something particularly wildly ignorant that I will uh, point out to you ex post facto. Can I can I just start by saying that in this world, well, we have an unhinged madman, Putin, Mm -hmm. wreaking havoc on Europe and the world. Thank you, God, for putting this man in the position that he's in. We have a guy, Biden. He's not crazy. He's not unhinged. He's solid. He's not taking uh, ridiculous risks in a nuclear age. Mm -hmm. I really shiver to think if we had somebody who was as unhinged as Putin in the situation right now. So thank you to Joe Biden. I just want to say that. I think it's an important thing. You know, thank you. I mean... Just to add to that, you know, let's not forget that Trump spent four years weakening NATO. Mm-hmm. Biden had to come back and strengthen NATO again. And that's why we, we have some some clout now in the world against this guy. We don't want any, as you said yesterday, nobody wants wars anymore. We don't want our kids being sent no. to wars anymore. It's an untenable situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's over. Okay. Uh, she could have stopped halfway through and then it would have just been her opinion. And she's entitled to her opinion. Her opinion is uh, ill-informed, rather stupid. But she could have just had her opinion. She had to keep going because there's nobody, nobody knows anything on The View. Nobody challenges anybody on The View. And she says that Trump spent four years weakening NATO. Trump spent four years weakening NATO. How did Trump spend... See, this is where somebody would chime in normally and go, how did... Uh, how exactly did Trump spend four years weakening NATO? And they would have no answer, or the answer would be something along the lines of, well, he said mean things about NATO, don't you understand? He was critical of NATO. He was wondering whether or not the United States should remain in NATO. Yes, he was. And you know why? Joy, maybe you'd want to look this up. Somebody on your highly paid staff could come through and give you this bit of information. But he was talking about the member countries of NATO who were not paying their membership dues. Some weren't paying much of anything. 
everybody it was supposed to pay two percent towards their common defense two percent germany wasn't anywhere near two percent they weren't even i don't even think they were above one percent why because presidents in the past had let them get away with it that made nato weak us having to pick up all the tab carry all the weight that made nato weak donald trump made nato stronger because when he was talking about, well, maybe we shouldn't be in NATO if you're going to treat us like this and take advantage of us. Guess what happened? Those countries said, oh, my God. And they they busted out their wallets. They dug through deep and they said, oh, all right, we'll start paying more. And they started paying more. And now, thanks to Donald Trump, there is more money in NATO to pay for our common defense. That makes NATO stronger. But if you're historically ignorant and you are comfortable with that ignorance, you can make declarative statements that have no basis in reality because who's going to call you out on that? Do you think Whoopi knows the truth? Do you think Sonny Houston goes, wait a second, that doesn't ring true to me? No, she doesn't know. She doesn't give a damn. I've never seen you think they say ignorance is bliss. I just don't understand why these people are so miserable all the time, because they've got the ignorant part down pat. Speaking of virtue, since we're talking about virtue signaling, basically, I saw this this morning and I thought, this is, this is symbolism over substance. This is, I don't even know, I'm going to guess that this person is a, a Democrat. I'll look it up. But um, <clears throat> Daniela Levine Cava. Daniela Levine Cava. She is the mayor of Miami Dade County. Right? Mayor, let me look that up. Mayor of Miami Dade County. Daniela Levine Cava. Party Democratic Party. How did I know? Well, it's it's a it's a burden to be this right all the time. She tweeted out this morning, effective immediately, I have ordered all Russian flags be removed from Miami International Airport. <laughs> okay. And what? What is it? Look, it's not nothing, but it's it's next to nothing. It's right. It's it's buried in the shadow of nothing. To sit there and you think this, I'm striking a blow for humanity. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Do it. Just rip the flag down. Who cares? But are you taking China's flag down? No? Why not? Why not? It's this sort of symbolism over substance that absolutely drives me nuts. It means nothing. There's nothing. Nothing can be. Nothing's accomplished here. There's no victory. There's nothing. It's not like Vladimir Putin is sitting in his bunker going, well... We've lost the liberal Democrat mayor of Miami-Dade County. We've taken down, we've lost the airport flag. I don't see the point in going on anymore. Hand me the cyanide pills or retreat out of Ukraine. Let's get on with this thing. Just the virtue signaling drives me nuts. Just don't do it. Don't do it. You can do your personal bit all you want. You can show your support. There was a, I think he was a Ukrainian ambassador somewhere. Or I I can't remember who it. No, it was the Russian dissident Navalny, whatever his official Twitter account, because I think he's in prison. Tweeted out, 
every Saturday or every weekend at two o'clock, go to your town square or something like that and protest again. Do you think Russia cares? Russia's fully aware of the world's reaction to it, or at least they should be. Do you think they give a damn? Oh, man. People went down to, uh, there was footage and a bunch of videos and, and pictures from people marching through Manhattan, protesting Russia. Like, okay, yeah, you, you, you can do it. It's your right. You could make your voices heard and all that. Absolutely. But what do you think you're accomplishing? Do you, do you think you're accomplishing something? Raise money. That will help. Raise money, send aid, send support. That will help. Marching through the street and disrupting traffic half a world away while thinking you're, they think they're doing something. They're patting themselves on the back. They're going to need Tommy John surgery. They're patting themselves on the back so hard. They do that and they think they've done something. That actually, I think, is more hurtful than anything else because people who are inclined to do something may well fundraise, may well gather care packages, may well gather supplies and ship them over there. But instead, they go, I'm going to go to this march and that I'm making a difference. You're not making a difference. You're not making a difference. You could, but you're not. Sorry, your flag missing from the Russian flag missing from Miami International Airport. Who's going to notice that? Presumably, there's a bunch of flags, 190 some odd countries in the world. I'd assume that at least if they had at least half of those flags up there, are you really going to? Hey, where's the Russian flag? Maybe if you're Russian and you're going there and you go, where's our flag? Other than that. Who's going to notice? And most of those people will probably chalk it up to, well, there are too many flags. I don't know where the hell our flag is. I couldn't find it. We had to go. It's how I feel sometimes. I always look for various state flags. I don't always find them. It's not like somebody's really ticked off at Montana that they took down the flag there. It's just I missed it. It's not a victory for liberty. It's uh, an inconvenience that only occupies my mind for about the three seconds I have as I walk past it. Maybe I'm just too cynical. Want to shift it up a little bit here, go down to Florida. Florida, since we're already in Florida talking about the mayor of Miami, Dade County. Like, there's a mayor of Miami, too. Do you need a mayor of the county? Do you have an official coward of the county down there as well? I know somebody that everybody considered the coward of the county. Turns out he could fight, though, but only after the violent, brutal sexual assault on his girlfriend. Only then. What a weird song. Uh, Governor DeSantis went to the University of South Florida. I I don't know. There's there's Northeast, Southwest, Central Florida universities, whatever. I think I'd like to see a little bit more originality in the naming of our universities, to be perfectly honest with you. But hey, who am I? I am not a resident of the state of Florida. I live in a state where there is an income tax. So who's the sucker? Anyway, Governor DeSantis went to an event there. Talk about innovation and something or other. It had nothing to do with COVID, but as they do at all of these events. And it would be nice if these politicians all had a moratorium on human beings as props. We just all agree that we don't need to see. We can see a, a candidate, a president, a senator, a governor, a congressman. We can see them speak not in front of people. I mean, like two people, but not standing in front of people. But since they do that, they line them all up on the wall behind there and they're all standing there and and they come out. 
they're all wearing masks. Ron DeSantis has made a point of pride to be somebody who has never instituted a mask mandate. He has been attacked relentlessly for that very fact, for never having instituted a mask mandate. So he comes out and he caught hell for this yesterday. He comes out and he says, what are you doing to take the masks off? Like if you, and importantly, and always ignored by the left, as you'll hear it, in this clip, he goes, take the masks off. Like, if you want to wear it, you can, but you don't. we need to end this kabuki theater. So if you, you don't have to wear the masks. Take the mask off if you want. He's talking to kids at a college, right? So presumably they're adults. Well, <clears throat> let's, well, before we get into the response to it, let's just listen to the actual event. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. All right, well, it's good to be at USF. See, now, if you want to do it, it's, you're free to, but it's ridiculous. We need to end this COVID theater, and we do need to end this COVID theater. Well, of course, the left went absolutely bonkers over it. it. Completely insane over it. And what happened? They found somebody, one of the people's behind him, one of the kids behind him, apparently a high school senior. And what is he doing at the University of Southern Florida? The college? I don't know. I don't care. The media stuck a camera in uh, this kid's face, and this kid's mother's face. I'm betting dollars to donuts that she ends up being exposed as some sort of, well, she won't be exposed because nobody will bother to report on it. But I'm just going to say I suspect heavily that she is an activist Democrat. There's no other reason to get this upset about it. Now, why do I say that? Well, I'll tell you after we listen to this rant. It's it's cut up. You'll hear the mother and you'll hear a little bit of the reporter and you'll hear the uh, the kid in there as well. And then I'll tell you why the whole damn thing is absolutely hilarious once it's over. I'm responsible for him. And I told him to wear that mask. And Governor DeSantis, and he's looking at this adult authority and, and he's telling him, oh, you don't have to wear the mask. What was your reaction when you heard the governor tell you and your classmates, remove your masks? Um, a bit of surprise and shock, more of, okay, this authority, author, this authority figure is asking me to do something that I know is probably going to end up being controversial. So. I took mine off. Did you feel pressure by the governor to do that? Mm. Um, a little. It was more of a pressure of an adult figure asking me to do something, and it's just like, all right, why not? It's just shocking that the governor told these kids, take off your mask. It, it, he pretty much said, take off your mask, it's stupid. And take off your mask, your parents don't matter. Even though I'm, I'm telling you, parents matter. And he's telling my minor child to take off his mask. He's putting us at risk. So, oh, oh yeah, to- I was upset, very upset. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she didn't sleep last night. She's very upset. She's very upset. You're putting me at risk? Oh, my. Now, he, you heard the governor there. He didn't say, take off your mask or get the hell out of here. Take off the mask or I will tweet about you and with your name and we'll come get you. No, no, it was nothing. 
He said if you want to wear it, you can, but you're not forced to. Make your own decisions. Is he going to card everybody behind him? No. What's your kid doing at this college? Anyway, but the ultimate irony, the hilarious part of all of this isn't that this woman is going, oh, he did this, he defied my, he put my family at risk, he put my family at risk. She's not wearing a mask. Her kid, in this interview, they're standing side by side, and there's the reporter right there, too. I, the reporter isn't on camera, so you don't know, but the reporter's holding the microphone. Doesn't sound like the reporter's muffled. The kid is muffled because the kid's wearing a mask. The kid is wearing a loose-fitting cotton mask. A cloth mask, which, you know, we've been, we've known forever, but finally the CDC came around to admitting, eh, those things aren't any good. So you're sending your kid out there in a cloth mask. It's very stylish. Fits his face well. You know, look, it doesn't fit around his nose very well, but sending him out there with this mask on, that doesn't work, whining that the governor said, oh, he could take it off. He didn't order it off. He didn't order the kid removed. He said, if you want to keep it on, go ahead, but just know that you don't have to wear it. This is theater. And the mother's standing there with no mask on her face whatsoever. No sense of irony, no, just a, a sense of hilarity. I've heard sitting there going, what? Uh, he was putting my family at risk. Well, what are you doing right now then, ma'am? What are you doing right now then, man? If you really believed, this is the funny part. If I, this is why I'd be a horrible reporter or I'd be attacked by this woman. If she believed what she's saying, should she not be isolating away from her son? Shouldn't her, shouldn't her son be locked in the car or locked in the basement or something? If she's afraid that he's been exposed, he could have been exposed. It could, you're gonna You're risking my life, governor. If you really believe that, then you should go nowhere near your child. Your child would probably be better off for, you know, the 10 days or whatever isolation there is. But, you know, you shouldn't be standing literally next to your child while they're wearing an inappropriate, unworkable, worthless mask and you're wearing nothing. If masks are so god-awful important, why aren't you wearing one, lady? That would be my question for this, if I were this reporter. I would be fired immediately. I'd be fine with that. I just think that I wouldn't be able to sit there and go, what? Come on, man. Come on. This No good deed goes unpunished. You don't have to take your mask off. The kid took his mask off. Did you feel pressured? Now, he's standing there. That was the longest pause you heard in there. He's going, um... Recognizing that, no, he didn't feel pressured. He was probably very relieved to take that stupid mask off his face. But his mom is standing there ready to throw a fit. And she's made it clear that uh, either you or the governor are going to catch hell for that mask coming off. And you're the kid. You don't want your, I'm not going to catch the hell. It was the governor's fault. I, di I didn't want to do it, Ma. Yeah, the second he said, you can go ahead and take that mask off, I ripped mine off, stuffed it in my pocket, and was able to breathe and was happy about that. But I wasn't happy, happy inside about it. I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> oh, the things that we celebrate, the things that we elevate, the things that the media put out there without even questioning or thinking about. That's why this show exists, because somebody has to do the thinking. I always talk about how the left has no uh, respect for the Constitution, no real understanding of the Constitution. There are some who do understand the Constitution. It only makes them hate, them all, hate it all the more because they recognize it 
as the roadblock in front of them and preventing them from imposing their will on everybody else. And there's nothing the left loves more than imposing their will on everyone else. One such person is the white-haired Fat Albert over at MSNBC, a guy named Ellie Mistal. Don't take my word for it. Look him up. You'll see that he looks like a white-haired Fat Albert, just missing the hey, hey, hey. He's uh, the justice correspondent or legal correspondent for The Nation magazine, I think it is, and he's also an MSNBC contributor. He's got some new book out, whining about the uh, Constitution. Actually, I even forget what the hell his, uh, what is his book called? Anyway, he, uh, he's got this new book out now about the Constitution. Very upset that people like the Constitution. It's called Allow Me to Retort, a black guy's guide to the Constitution, because Ellie Mistal, he's usually on the Joy Reid show, Everything is run through the filter of race. Pretty much everything he does, everything he says, everything he is, is run through the filter of race. That's how the left works. He has no original thoughts. He has nothing unique to say. He brings nothing to the table except a hearty appetite. Hence the Fat Albert comparison. But he uh, was talking about the Constitution of the United States, and he said that he'd love to get rid of it. Love to get rid. He need, we need to get rid of the Constitution to make something more inclusive in its place. Listen to this stupidity. Now, in your book, Allow Me to Retort, you reframe politics and the Constitution by kind of breaking down how it all impacts voting rights, like you mentioned, uh, LGBTQ rights, abortion rights, the list, as you know, goes on and on. So are you arguing that the Constitution needs to be scrapped altogether? <laughs> sure, but I don't think that's going to happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, if we could throw that out and start over with a new document that was more inclusive of everybody that was written by everybody at no point have black people, brown people or women had a say in actually writing the constitution or the amendments to that constitution. If we could throw that out and have a delegation of all Americans to write a new one, I would be all for that. Okay. That's what they did in South Africa. You know, when they got, when they got rid of apartheid, they didn't like tax some amendments onto their apartheid constitution. They threw the apartheid constitution out and they started over. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen here. Um, and so instead of that, what I'm really advocating for is that we interpret our constitution so that it, so that we extend justice and fairness and equality to all as opposed to whatever the heck we do now. This is the United States is exactly like South Africa. According to these idiots, all Amazons are exactly like South Africa. There's no difference. We need to have a document that written because no black or brown people or women had any say in this or the amendments or what have you. Well, that's not entirely true, but who cares? You know why it doesn't matter? First of all, I wouldn't want these leftists to have a say in our Constitution at all. I'd much rather have a civil war than that. But the Constitution doesn't do what these people seem to think it does. These these radical leftists don't understand. Now, the lawyer, you'd think he'd understand. He's hoping his audience doesn't understand. We haven't had a say in this. We haven't had a say in the other thing. We haven't done this. We haven't done... The Constitution isn't about granting people rights. The Constitution is about expressly saying what the federal government can and cannot do. What they can... It doesn't have anything to do with rights 
doesn't have anything to do with any of it. It's about setting up the federal government, period, end of story. You'd think this guy who allegedly graduated from Harvard Law School would have understood that. So he may have attended Harvard Law School for some weird reason, but he certainly doesn't seem to have understood anything he learned there. Or maybe he did. Maybe he became indoctrinated, but he's too old for, uh, for him to have been there in the age of full-blown indoctrination. Sit there, we know. I'd love to get rid of the doc. I'd rather love to get rid of the Constitution so we could have something written by people who look different. All right. Well, nobody alive today wears a powdered wig regularly. Nobody looks like that. Should we just scrap the whole thing because of that? No. How does it have anything to do with race? Uh, well, the three-fifths clause, which had nothing to do, it was only to do with apportionment of members of the House of Representatives. It was not a statement of, oh, black people are only three-fifths human. It was the only way to get a country was to compromise. The South wasn't going to go along with anything that didn't count slaves in the population, and the North wasn't going to go along with anything that counted slaves as part of the population as full representation because they were denied citizenship. So they came up with that compromise. Ellie isn't dumb. He's evil. He knows that. It's just pathetic. His book is available now if you want to make sure to avoid buying it. <laughs> just look, just seriously, look for white-haired Fat Albert. Look, look up his name. You'll see a picture of him, and you go, that, my God, that is, that's what became of Fat Albert. He didn't die from diabetes. Speaking of leftists being leftists and the virtue signaling in the garbage and you'll never be woke enough, they're going after CNN Plus. Because why not? Everything is a grievance. The left has grievance groups that are against other grievance groups that fight other grievance groups. And you sit there and you go, what? And how do you find time to, to do anything other than just be your skin color? To a normal person, it's pathetic the way these people function. But it's how these people function. The Hill newspaper journalists group hits CNN for lack of diversity in streaming lineup. I don't know any. I don't know a single human being who's subscribed to CNN Plus. Sadly, I know some people who have subscribed. They're giving them away to to prop up the numbers. They're giving away subscriptions to other streaming services. I could have been offered a thousand different free. Oh, one one year for this thing, and I, like I don't. Even for free, I don't want your streaming service. I'm not going to give you that count. Your garbage programming on television is enough. I don't need extra. The story, uh, a leading group of Hispanic journalists. A leading group of, there's a leading group. Is there a following group of Hispanic journalists? How many groups of Hispanic journalists are there? A leading group of Hispanic journalists is criticizing CNN for a lack of Latino representation as part of its newly announced lineup of hosts in its soon-to-be-launched streaming service. The National Association of Hispanic Journalists, in a statement this week, said it is, quote, appalled by the lack of Latino journalists hired to host programs on CNN+, Plus, which is scheduled to go live this month. Quote, this lack of representation is not only disrespectful to our diverse community, but also disregards the quite well-qualified talent, Latino talent pool within the organization. We expect Chris Licht, the new president or incoming president of CNN, to do better to ensure that CNN hosts deliver the news, uh, the CNN hosts who deliver the news, reflect the communities they cover, and that diverse candidates will be given 
equal opportunity. This sounds to me like Jim Acosta, who's a piece of garbage, called up his buddies at this organization and said, nobody's giving me love. I've been exiled this Saturday afternoons and nobody's watching me. Literally, nobody's watching me. I need a stink race. I want to show, even if it's streaming, please get me on streaming. And so they put this statement out. Here's a simple solution. Uh, they'd never do it, but CNN could say, all right, you're right. We should look like the communities we cover. Therefore, we're not going to cover the Hispanic community. All right. You're free of intrusion from Saturday, from CNN employees. I mean, that'd be a fair, that'd be a win-win situation for the community. But these leftists, oh, we got to have somebody who looks like us. We got who is the uh, the great Hispanic hope over at CNN, who is wonderful and deserves their own show. The only Hispanic person I can think of at CNN is Jim Acosta, and he's not even really qualified to fill the coffee machine. He shouldn't be there. He should have been fired long ago, but he's not. <clears throat> the fact that he has a job is uh, and should be celebrated as all the diversity CNN needs to do. It should be right with the, uh, what is it, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. God, last week CNN rolled out a full list of journalists and personalities set to host shows. Those hosts include uh, Wolf Blitzer, Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon. Why, CNN for free isn't working. How about we try the exact same thing with uh, Paywall? They also include newcomers to the outlet like Chris Wallace, Audie Cornish, and Jamel Hill. God, people follow up. Jamel Hill is awful. Jamel Hill is really just a bad person. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter. Liberals fail up. They take care of their own. They'll get rich while the company loses money. I'm so glad I don't own any stock. Don't buy any stock in the CNN parent company. Um, Discovery Networks, it's a joke. And it's an unfunny joke, which is, you know, an unforgivable sin. You can be a joke, but you damn well better be funny. That's it. And it's been too long. We've gone on too long for a Friday. Get to the weekend. Have yourself some fun. Drink some Swedish vodka or something. Just try to forget about the troubles in the world. They'll be here waiting for you on Monday. And don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast, all one word. For the week in F and review, where we can really talk about the stupidity of this week, the way it deserves to be talked about. Five bucks a month is all, and enter all the contests and everything there, and comment, and join the community. Appreciate you listening. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>